the story that we all know so well, the story that touches us to the deepest place in our hearts, a story of betrayal, a story of passion, a story of denial, a story of violence and despair. It's a story that replays again and again and again throughout our lives. My favorite preaching teacher once said that whenever we read the Gospels, we should always decipher for ourselves who it is in the Gospel, which character in the Gospel represents who we are at that time in our lives. Oh, for certain, for certain I've been one of the faithful who have followed Jesus. At other times I have probably been more like Peter afraid and have denied. Other times I have been the one who betrayed the stories of our lives. Recently I saw a film that struck me, and perhaps by this point in time, some of you have seen the film as well. The movie is simply entitled 1917. As the title indicates, the film 1917 takes place in the trenches, scarring the northern French countryside, the no man's land, separating British and German troops during World War one. Two young corporals, Blake and Schofield, are awoken from a few moments of sleep and ordered to report to General Erinmore for a new assignment. British troops at the front line are just hours away from launching an assault on the Germans, who have retreated, or so the British think. But aerial reconnaissance reveals that the German withdrawal is only a trap. Blake and Schofield are to get orders to the waiting British troops to stand down. More than 1,600 troops will be slaughtered, including Blake's brother, a lieutenant in the 2nd Battalion of the Devonshire Regiment. The two corporals are shaken by the general's orders. He says, if you fail, it will be a massacre. So the two young men begin their harrowing 10-mile journey to reach the Devonshire Regiment. Though not an easy movie to watch, the film is rated R because of violence and language and disturbing images. 1917 tells a compelling story. See, the film's cinematography intensifies the drama. The movie seems to be a single, continuous shot. We see what the two soldiers see as they see it. We experience their surprise, their horror, and their pain as they crawl and snake their way to no man's island. We follow Blake and Schofield in real time as they cross the 10 miles of terrain that have been destroyed, mined, and littered by death. They have only a few hours to get orders to the commander, Colonel McKenzie, 
before the attack is to begin. 1917 was inspired by the stories of director Sam Mendes, grandfather, who served as a runner for British forces during the First World War. When radio cables were destroyed, the British command would send pairs of runners across no man's land to get urgent messages to, to battalion and squad leaders. It was dangerous and very frequently deadly work. Blake's motivation is very clear. He wants to save his brother. But Schofield embarks on their mission as, you might say, a resentful cynic, without giving away the surprising twists and turns of the film. Schofield's dubiousness about the mission changes as he encounters the realities of the war. He realizes that delivering the sealed envelope entrusted to him has become the singular purpose of his young life. See, as I watched that film, it struck me because the film 1917 is simply a story about two very ordinary, obscure young soldiers who have been entrusted, you might say, with a cross. And the cross that they carry is the delivery of orders that will prevent the deaths of thousands of British soldiers. Driven by love and honor, they put aside their fears to take up that cross. Quite literally, it seems, through the fires of hell. In Jesus' passion and death, God endures the brokenness of the cross in order to save humankind from the brokenness of violence, racism, avarice, and injustice. God takes on the hopelessness of the cross in order to win for us, for you, and for me the triumph of the empty tomb. See, this whole week, each day, the gospel will take a piece of the passion and highlight it at daily mass. We will encounter the runner, you might say, who is Jesus, God's Christ, who emptied himself for our sakes to take on the cross. It is that same attitude of selfless servanthood that in such a simple way, Blake and Schofield and so many other brave men and women of every time and every place have embraced for the sake of their peoples and their nations. Who of us this week have not marveled at the stories of physicians and nurses and respiratory therapists, all types of healthcare workers who are staying in hotel rooms though they miss their children, but they refuse to bring this virus home. 
the ones who sleep in trailers being provided outside of hospital settings, for those brave and profoundly, singularly minded women and men who offer themselves for people whom they've never met, people whose names they might not know, they might not ever know. I think so often in my own life of my mom. I think Jesus in so many ways, God, though oftentimes so much of our imagery in the gospel is male, Jesus has the heart of a mother who would do anything for her children, who would never allow illness, dis-ease, war, hatred, violence, to ever touch one of her children. My mom in our lives proved that to us time and time again. Even just yesterday when I called to see how mom was doing, a woman now who oftentimes is unsure of what day it is or what time it is, a woman that needs to have the story told to her again and again and again. Her only question yesterday was, Dennis, are you okay? I keep hearing Detroit on the news. I keep hearing Michigan on the news. You're so far away from me. Are you okay? And no matter how many times I said, Mom, I'm fine. Her voice, her love, her heart were so close to mine. Because, see, suddenly, not even the confusion of days or times or weeks can stop a mother's heart from loving her children. Not a betrayal, a rejection, a denial, to be scourged, to place a crown of thorns on his head, to ask that he carry a cross through the streets to the place of crucifixion. The heart broken open in love for you and for me would not stop along the road to Calvary. In our passion narratives as we look at the stations of the cross, we recognize that Jesus falls three times, but he never stays there. He gets up and begins again. How many of us in our lives when we fall would just prefer, just leave me alone, just leave me here. But Jesus stood up and began again. And in my own life's journey, physically, 
spiritually, emotionally, in the times that I have fallen, I have always asked the Lord Jesus from that place beneath the cross to strengthen my legs and to strengthen my spirit and to touch my heart that I might get up and continue the journey again. This week, will you walk with the Lord Jesus? Will you walk with me and with all of us here at Our Lady of Victory? Maybe not physically, but our hearts linked together, our souls held by the Lord Jesus in his love, and in our prayer for one another. Let us truly try to be those faithful disciples whom the Lord Jesus calls to his own heart. Our remembering of the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus this Holy Week calls us to embrace the spirit of the crucified one, emptying ourselves of our wants in our own interests to become servants of God by becoming truly servants of one another. Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs>